Chapter Four of Series Runaway and Other Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annie Hill. Series Runaway and Other Essays by Alice Maynell. Chapter Four Laughter. Times have been, it is said, merrier than these but it is certain nevertheless that laughter was never so honoured as now were it not for the paradox one might say it was never so grave everywhere the joke emerges as an elegant writer might have it emerges to catch the attention of the sense of humour and everywhere the sense of humour wanders watches and waits to honour the appeal it loiters vaguely but perpetually willing it wears let the violent personification be pardoned a hanging lip and a wrinkle in abeyance and an eye in suspense it is much at the service of the vagrant encounterer and may be accosted by any chance daughters of the game it stands in untoward places or places that were once inappropriate and is early at some indefinite appointment some ubiquitous tryst with the compliant jest all literature becomes a field of easy assignations there is a constant signalling and endless recognition forms of approach are remitted and the joke and the sense of humour with no surprise of meaning or no gaiety of strangeness so customary has the promiscuity become go up and down the pages of the paper and the book see again the theatre a somewhat easy sort of comic acting is by so much the best thing upon our present stage that little else can claim paradox again apart to be taken seriously there is in a word a determination an increasing tendency away from the oriental estimate of laughter as a thing fitter for women fittest for children and unfitted for the beard laughter is everywhere and at every moment proclaimed to be the honourable occupation of men and in some degree distinctive of men and no mean part of their prerogative and privilege the sense of humour is chiefly theirs and those who are not men are to be admitted to the jest upon their explanation they will not refuse explanation and there is little upon which a man will so value himself as upon that sense in england now meanwhile it would be a pity if laughter should ever become like rhetoric and the arts a habit and it is in some sort a habit when it is not inevitable if we ask ourselves why we laugh we must confess that we laugh oftenest because being amused we intend to show that we are amused we are right to make the sign but a smile would be as sure a signal as a laugh and more sincere it would but be changing the convention and the change would restore laughter itself to its own place we have fallen into the way of using it to prove something our sense of goodness of the jest to wit but laughter should not thus be used it should go free it is not a demonstration whether in logic or as the word demonstration is now generally used in emotion and we do ill to charge it with that office 
something of the oriental idea of dignity might not be amiss among such a people as ourselves containing wide and numerous classes who laugh without cause audiences crowds a great many clergymen who perhaps first fell into the habit in the intention of proving that they were not gloomy but a vast number of laymen also who had not that excuse and many women who laugh in their uncertainty as to what is humorous and what is not this last is the most harmless of all kinds of superfluous laughter when it carries an apology a confession of natural and genial ignorance and when a gentle creature laughs a laugh of hazard and experiment she is to be more than forgiven what she must not do is to laugh a laugh of instruction and as it were retrieve the jest that was never worth the taking there are besides a few women who do not disturb themselves as to a sense of humour but who laugh from a sense of happiness childish is that trick and sweet for children who always laugh because they must and never by way of proof or sign laugh only half their laughs out of their sense of humour they laugh the rest under a mere stimulation because of a bounding breath and blood because someone runs behind them for example and movement does so jog their spirits that their legs fail them for laughter without a jest if ever the day should come when men and women shall be content to signal their perception of humour by the natural smile and shall keep the laugh for its own unpremeditated act shall laugh seldom and simply and not thrice at the same thing once for foolish surprise and twice for tardy intelligence and thrice to let it be known that they are amused then it may be time to persuade this laughing nation not to laugh so loud as it is wont in public the theatre audiences of louder speaking nations laugh lower than ours the laugh that is chiefly a signal of the laughers sense of the ridiculous is necessarily loud and it has the disadvantage of covering what we may perhaps wish to hear from the actors it is a public laugh and no ordinary citizen is called upon for a public laugh he may laugh in public but let it be with private laughter there let us if anything like a general reform be possible in these times of dispersion and of scattering keep henceforth our sense of humour in a place better guarded as something worth a measure of seclusion it should not loiter in wait for the alms of a joke in adventurous places for the sense of humour has other things to do than to make itself conspicuous in the act of laughter it has negative tasks of valid virtue for example the standing and waiting within call of tragedy itself where excluded it may keep guard no reasonable man will aver that the oriental manners are best this would be to deny shakespeare as his comrades knew him where the wit outdid the meat outdid the frolic wine and to deny ben jonson's tart aristophanes neat terence witty plautus and the rest doubtless greece determined the custom for all our occident but none the less might the modern world grow more sensible of the value of composure to none other of the several powers of our souls do we so give rein as to this of humour 
and none other do we indulge with so little fastidiousness it is as though there were honour in governing the other senses and honour in refusing to govern this it is as though we were ashamed of reason here and shy of dignity and suspicious of temperance and diffident of moderation and too eager to thrust forward that which loses nothing by seclusion End of chapter 4